0: Street. i'm one of your hosts mary and i am joined with eric hello whoa <laughs> that scared me <laughs> and bam hi hi guys
1: that wasn't nearly as scary i don't think it, it i was, wasn't trying to scare you
0: it was kind of scary it was like shock value like the jumps in those bloody horror movies oh a cheap jump mm-hmm. sequence yeah.
1: okay all right yeah well that's how i roll cheaply
0: hey Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's how I could afford him. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I just want to give a shout out to Will, who hosted um, last week's movie night. What movie was it? Oh, What uh, We Do in the, we shadows. Do the Shadows. Yeah. yeah. It was so much fun. Eric and I popped in into the last session, and it was a lot of fun because we got to hear people's voices. Mm-hmm. So it was fun putting like their little Facebook profile picture a name to a voice.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Plus, it's a great movie, too.
0: Oh, yeah. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah. It was, that was really fun. So, thank you so much, Will, for putting that together. And hopefully, you'll do it again sometime mm-hmm. in the future. Because that was a lot of fun. And we'll make sure that you know we try to promote it when they're coming up, if we have enough notice on there. So, thank you so much. Um, yeah.
0: And when he sets up an event, just go ahead and accept it. And then you'll also get that notification as well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, we have four. Count them. Four. Not three. Four new patrons. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah.
0: Wait, not
2: five?
1: Not five, no. Not three. Five would be far too many. No, no. Okay. Four. Just
2: four?
1: Four. Four. Okay. Yes. As in one, two, four. All right. Uh, We have Taylor Morgan. Thank you, Taylor. We have Carolina Gamboa. And Drew Roberts. And the last one... I haven't gotten the name on, but their awesome username is Evolution Keys. Who is our newest twenty dollars patron? Oh,
0: friend. snap! Round of applause!
1: Yes, so thank you. Regardless so of dollar much.
0: amount, thank you guys so so much.
1: Absolutely, and some of you, by the time that you're hearing this, will have already started receiving your swag. Yep. Yeah.
0: Everything was sent out, unless you're in australia norway or canada <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Which> <laughs> one more week <laughs> yeah this the guy swimming across the pond as quickly as he can over there with your packages uh but everybody in the states should be getting them very very soon including all the 20 dollars ones as well so yeah yeah most likely you guys should have gotten them by now And we hope you enjoy your stuff. So thank you so much to the patrons. And, of course, anybody who becomes a new patron or who ups their level on the patron page, then uh, those will also get that fun swag. So thank you so much. And if you're interested, of course, just go to our website at MurderMythMystery.com. And you'll see the link on there. Become a patron.
2: Awesome. Thanks, everybody.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys.
2: And uh, don't forget, on September 9th, which is a Sunday, just six days from now, coming up uh, at 7 o'clock, that's Mountain Time. So that's 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, (laughs) 8 p.m. Central, and (laughs) 6 Pacific. And 5, for those of you in Alaska, which I don't know if there actually are any, uh, is the Facebook Live. So (laughs) I guess I should should say what it is, right? Uh, The Facebook live event. um, And then immediately following that is going to be um, an Instagram live as well for those of you who aren't on Facebook. So make sure and join everyone for that.
0: Yes. So in that Facebook live, you will hear a few announcements that I have that will lead us out to the end of the year. And then um, the new host, maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> it's a hard one.
1: <laughs> That's what she said.
0: Ooh, oh, boy. Hopefully. Uh, We've been <laughs> re-watching The Office.
1: Yeah, yeah. Way too much of that.
0: And then PSL, pumpkin spice lattes are back. Yes.
1: Time to get your white girl on.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. I've gotten it on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got your Han Solo outfit on. Yep.
0: September 1st went down to Starbucks nice. in my Han Solo gear. <laughs> oh, I've been into their strawberry
2: fraps lately. Oh, that's nice.
1: She, Mary, can't have those.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. Strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. Man, it's, all
1: right. oh, it's like
2: that one time I brought over that big fruit salad and completely forgotten it was just full of strawberries. Oh,
1: I, feel <laughs> I forgot so that. Let me make note of that real quick, <laughs> Trying kidding. to kill me. Damn, noted. Well, this is a murder show. Yeah, see, then then we'd have a good topic right there. (laughs) Or at least I would. I think I'd probably be the only host left. I don't know.
2: Well, I'd be in jail and Mary would be dead. Yeah. So...
0: Uh, it's now Eric and the Corgis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like some band. Yeah, Eric and the Corgis. I would go to that band. I totally. would. I hate concerts, but I would go to. that. We're
1: actually in the studio right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we. Yeah, we're sending it to the to the mixers here in the next few weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Peach uh,
0: is just whales, man.
1: Oh, dude, she hits
0: those notes.
1: Dude, she can hit those high notes, man. Yeah, Seymour's are are. Seymour's our baritone and yeah that guy can he can kick it yeah Louis's the rhythm section but he, he has no rhythm he's got terrible rhythm I
2: could see Louis being like a horn player
1: a horn player yeah he likes the drums
2: yeah Louie's a drummer really
1: but he has terrible rhythm
2: yeah bummer yeah. he's looking at me all sad right now too
1: I know sorry dude poor guy no rhythm
0: speaking of
2: murder Let's go. Who's got it? (laughs) All right. I got murdered today. I'm excited. Let's hear about it. All right. So this story's always had a bit of a special interest for me. Uh, It takes place in the Sierra Nevada mountains, very close to a lake that I go to every summer with my family. And in fact, I drive by this location every time I make the trip out there. And I always stop and take pictures, even though they always look the exact same. (laughs) Um, It can be a pretty long story, so I've tried to shorten it up um, and only include the important stuff, but we'll see so on the morning of april 12th 1981 14 year old sheila sharp returned home from a sleepover to find a gruesome triple homicide in the cabin she lived in at ketty resort which is only a few miles from quincy california if anybody knows where that is
1: quincy i do not quincy
0: down.
2: so I don't know. it's like an hour and a half um northwest of reno
1: Okay, northwest of Reno? Mm-hmm. All right, okay.
2: Yeah, the lake I go to out there is called Almanor.
1: Would say that again? Almanor. Almanor? Yeah. Oh, that, that sounded weird. It sound it sounded like Almanor. Al- okay, Almanor. hmm All right. Mm-hmm. Still weird. All it's,
2: right. It's awesome, though. So, Sheila's mother, Glenda, who went by Sue, her 15-year-old brother, Johnny, and Johnny's 17-year-old friend, Dana, were all found dead on the living room floor. All three victims' head and necks were covered in blood, and their hands and feet were bound with electrical cords. Sheila soon discovered that, strangely enough, her two younger brothers and their friend Justin Eaton were asleep and unharmed in the back of the cabin. Hmm. They also had a 12-year-old sister named Tina, who could not be found anywhere and was soon reported as missing. Hmm. Sheila ran back to her neighbor's house, the one that she had just left for the sleepover. And um, the father of her friend went over to the cabin, walked in the back door, um, then immediately walked back out, realizing he was in a crime scene. Uh, He went into the downstairs portion and pulled all three of the young boys from the window of the room that they were staying in.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: So the Plumas County Sheriff's Department soon arrived, and they found a lot of truly disturbing stuff. So the blood spatter evidence showed that all of the murders took place in the living room, and they also found two bloody knives and a hammer. One of the knives that was used with such extreme force that the blade was actually bent in half.
1: Whoa! Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: And Damn. it was a steak knife. Oof! Yeah. So Sue had not only been bound, but she was nude from the waist down and gagged with a bandana and her own underwear, and that was covered with tape.
1: Damn.
2: Yeah, she had stab wounds to her chest, and her throat had been slashed. Her son Johnny had also had his throat slashed and had several stab wounds. Dana's body showed multiple head wounds and manual strangulation. The autopsies revealed that all three victims died of multiple stab wounds and blunt force trauma it was determined that a hammer was the object used to bludgeon each victim. Mm. The boys in the other room claimed to sleep through the night and not hear anything. But later on, Justin Ethan, the neighbor, uh, later changed his account while he was being polygraphed. He claimed to remember a dream that he had that night involving Johnny and Dana trying to get away from two assailants that were attacking Sue. When the boys tried to get away, they were also murdered. Uh, His details on this were very, very vivid. Um, Justin crept back into the room and hid and went back to sleep. Again, this was supposedly all in a dream, but they were very young and there's some details that he gave that you would only know if you actually saw the crime scene, Um, like the fact that Sue was wrapped in a yellow blanket, um, where the murder weapons were left and different small details like that. Unfortunately, there was very little evidence left behind by the killer or killers. There were no identifiable footprints, fingerprints, or blood. Even several neighbors said they didn't hear anything. Um, only one neighbor claimed that they woke up to muffled screaming around 1.30 in the morning, but they couldn't identify where it was coming from, and then it stopped, so they went back to sleep. Now, the thing about Ketty Resort is there are a bunch of cabins there, but they're in really close proximity. It, it, it was more of like a summer resort type of thing. It wasn't necessarily like long-term housing that a lot of people would spend in. And so these cabins were only 15 feet away from each other.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say, how close are these if people were hearing this noise? But... Yeah.
2: And so being only that, you know, that far away is kind of surprising that only one person said they heard anything.
1: But at one thirty in the morning, people are asleep and whatever. That's true, too. Yeah.
2: But it is a really quiet area. That it's, it's just surrounded in woods. There's hmm. nothing really close
0: to it. I mean, if you're... <clears throat> excuse me. If you've been camping, either tent, RV, or cabin, like you can hear a branch break.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So it was kind of weird that... You know no one else heard us yeah and
2: a lot of as, nowadays there are a lot more long-term residents there um after all of this went down it wasn't as popular yeah a yeah. retreat i wonder why mm-hmm. but it is also in an area where there is a lot of um low-income people with past criminal records all that sort of thing um there's even been theories that you know the mob had something to do with this from mobsters hiding out in the you know in that area and things like that so So the plumas county sheriff's office questioned anyone who could have heard or witnessed something that could help solve the case and although they only ever ended up having a few suspects i'm mostly going to focus on the sharps neighbor martin smart who also happened to be justin eason's stepfather so Mm. that was the little boy in the back of the cabin
1: right okay
2: and he soon became the prime suspect so, according to Smart, on the night of the murders, a friend of his by the name of John Bo Bobaday was staying with the Smarts on a temporary basis. Hold
1: on, is it John Bo Bobaday?
2: It's Bo is his nickname. <laughs> oh, John. So that's what I'm. Beau. Yeah.
1: Bobade. Okay. Uh-huh. So
2: I'm I'm gonna call him Bo, just Bo going forward.
1: Okay. I was hoping his name was John Bo, because that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bo.
2: Yep. So, Bo was staying with the Smarts on a temporary basis. He said they first met a few weeks earlier at the VA hospital where they were both receiving treatment for uh, PTSD. So, Smart said he suffered from PTSD as a result of his time spent in Vietnam. And he went on to say that earlier in that evening of April 11th, he and Bo and his wife Marilyn decided to go to a local bar for a few drinks. On the way there, they stopped off at the Sharps cabin to see if Sue wanted to join them. Since there were several kids over for sleepovers, Sue declined. Marilyn went home around 11 PM, and Martin and Bo did not return until around 2 AM. Well, they did return for about 10 minutes and then went back until about 2 AM. And they both corroborated each other's story. They went there, had some drinks, came back around two, went to bed. But during the interview with Marilyn, she told the investigators that her and Martin actually separated the day after the murders because he was short-tempered, violent, and abusive. And she also admitted that that same morning, April 12th, she saw Martin and Beau burning something in the fireplace that looked like a bloody jacket. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So after the police interviewed and polygraphed Martin, Marilyn, and Bo, they actually determined they weren't involved in the murders. And part of the conspiracy that goes along with this is they hired um, some investigators from the Department of Justice, Plumas County did, because they were kind of in over their heads. And these same um, DOJ investigators had already been investigating Bo for something else, for a prior murder. Oh, and so they kind of stepped in. Um, they ended up losing quite a bit of evidence, not really following up on some of the statements that were made and certain pieces of evidence. So at this point, when they were supposedly cleared, the police were kind of stomped, expe- especially the local ones.
1: Hold on. So the DOJ was losing the evidence?
2: All of them really were. But the DOJ ultimately did all the polygraphs and a lot of the follow-up interviews and things like that.
1: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So a few years later, in 1984, part of a skull was found about 30 miles from Ketty. and several months later, an anonymous caller told the Butte County Sheriff's Office that the skull belonged to Tina Sharp, the missing 12-year-old. Well, she would have been 15 then. Another search of the area was made, and a jawbone and several other bones were found, and at this point, they could do DNA testing, and they confirmed that the bones were Tina's. It was also found that she was murdered with blunt force trauma. Why she was placed fifty miles away is still anybody's guess.
1: Right. Yeah, that's strange. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, for this uh nine one one call, this anonymous caller, the Butte County Sheriff's Office gave the original and the backup copy of of the call to someone in law enforcement. They haven't been identified, but both of those copies have since disappeared.
1: Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm.
2: So there have been several developments in the last decade, though, that have brought a lot of new things to light. So in 2010, Plumas County's new sheriff, Greg Hagwood, restarted the investigation. He officially reopened it in 2013. He was 16 at the time of the murders and knew both Johnny and Dana. He enlisted the help of another childhood friend, Mike Gamberg, who was able to discover a letter that Martin Smart wrote to his wife, Marilyn. According to several sources, Martin was angry that Sue Sharp had been interfering in his marriage. So the letter that he sent to his wife said, quote, I've paid the price of your love, and now that I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through. Great. What else do you want? End quote.
1: Oh, damn.
2: And though Marilyn claimed she never received a letter, I mean, she did say they were separated, she was only made aware of it by the authorities, but she did confirm it was Martin's handwriting. And although Martin Smart died in 2000, Greg Hagwood tracked down his former therapist in Reno in 2013. She told him that Smart had confessed to him that he killed Sue Sharp because she was trying to convince Marilyn to leave him. Smart never mentioned who killed John, Dana, or Tina, but he also told the therapist that it was easy to beat a polygraph and that he and Plumas County Sheriff Doug Thomas were friends and even lived together at one point. There's several accounts of the sheriff and Martin being very close friends, and remember Martin's stepson was in the other room, and those kids weren't harmed at all. Mm -hmm. Many believe that Sheriff Thomas knew about the murders and actually helped cover it up. And then just a few years ago, on March 24th, 2016, um, a man was out uh, with a metal detector and found a hammer that matches the description of a hammer that Marty Smart claimed got stolen out of his garage. One of the hammers, which was found to be one of the blunt force trauma items.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: So, um, the new sheriff, Hagwood, said that the location that it was found, there's no way it could have accidentally been placed there. It was essentially in the middle of a lake.
1: Weird. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: What's weird about that is the guy found it with a metal detector. Yeah. Could you tell by my yeah. I was confused by that? I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I would think the water would screw that up or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Obviously, we're wrong. Either way, they found it yeah
1: who knows
2: and then earlier just this year this is where it gets a little crazy some of the tape that was used to bind the victims was finally able to be analyzed for dna so they couldn't do it at the time but um, as you know as we see a lot in these stories from 60s 70s early 80s they were they at least had the foresight enough to preserve these things put them into evidence for any possible future testing so just a few months ago, they were finally able to pull the DNA and run it. And the new sheriff, Hagwood, says that the DNA matches a living suspect, although they're not saying who.
0: Oh. I'm sorry,
1: how long ago was this? Just a few months ago. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: That DNA is going to close so many cases. Mm-hmm. This ancestry where these bastards think they're getting away from uh-huh. it, and little do they know, like, a cousin of a cousin is, like... Yeah, I love submitting it. their ancestry shit. I love it. It's like, oh no, good. it's amazing. Good. Yeah. So That's why um, I can't do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. So both Martin and Bo are deceased. So it kind of makes me wonder who this living suspect could be. Hmm. But um, the investigators are still convinced that Martin and Bo are the actual ones who you know carried out the murders but they say up to six other people may be involved Oh, so or maybe, sorry four people six total
1: uh, maybe hid evidence for mm-hmm. them or something to that effect
2: tried to cover something up mm-hmm. something like that and martin smart grew up in the area and knew a lot of people around there and it, you know it's really possible that in those small towns like that People would cover that up. Yeah. Because, you know, the sharps, the ones who were murdered, they had only been living there for a little while. They were from the East Coast and they had moved out to that area uh, to get away from Sue's husband. Mm. So, and then in 2004, the cabin, which is number 28, was demolished, unfortunately. Yep. Cause when I was out there a few months ago, I actually drove, I, I'd never done it before. Cause I always, I'm always driving out there alone, mm-hmm. but I, I had Andy with me this last time. And so I was like, screw it. We're going to go into the actual resort property. Cause it's off the main highway. Yeah, So you see the big Ketty resort building right on the highway. And then you have to turn in and their numbering system and road system in that little place is so effed up. We couldn't even <laughs> find the lot that it was supposed to be. Because it it would go from, like, number 25 to, like, 6. Like, completely. Or, like, 12 to, like, 24. No
1: rhyme or reason yeah, to it, huh? it's
2: totally weird. Um, so, we couldn't find it. And then, also, I felt like I was probably going to get murdered or something. Most likely. Like, not from the same people, but almost like a Hills Have Eyes type of thing. Like oh, they are even in worse. Their, I know. They are in their own thing right there. And I'm over there rubbernecking mm-hmm. and got my out-of-state plate
1: <laughs> what you doing here city girl exactly mm-hmm. yeah uh,
2: so the story is also inspired there's a documentary called cabin 28 and if you've seen the 2008 slasher film the strangers oh,
1: that was also yeah. based on this story absolutely with Liv tyler mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so t- which has the scariest line ever when she asks, why are you doing this and they said because you were home. Oh, I don't
2: remember that. Terrifying. Word. You would think I would. Yeah. I don't remember movies very well, obviously. obviously. We have this discussion every time. Unless it's Harry Potter. <laughs> That's true. Or Jurassic Park. Or
1: Jurassic Park. Both of which you've probably seen at least a dozen yeah. times each. So. Or
2: 101 Dalmatians. You know, none of this <laughs> the stuff is The live action or the... No, so, God, no. Not with Glenn original. Close? No. Okay. So it is technically still unsolved, but again... It's pretty much confirmed that it was Martin and Bo that did it. And then this new DNA. So this DNA isn't necessarily blood or anything like that. It was just pulled off of the tape. So it's, it's possible somebody helped. Maybe restrain them, because you've got two teenage boys mm-hmm. and a grown woman.
1: Right, right. They could be fighting back or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you know, or just could be accessory after the fact.
2: Right. I almost wonder if it's Marilyn, because she's still alive and remarried.
1: Mm.
2: Interesting. And they had conflicting stories. Um, like, the Martin and Bo said that she was still awake when they got back at two. She said she was sleeping. I mean, just different small inconsistencies like that that make you wonder
0: so when i first heard of this a long time ago i immediately knew like the stepson was in the back Mm -hmm. and sleeping i'm like yeah you did it and then the sheriff sorry shady there too yeah and there's like Like nothing to see here
2: people move along exactly
0: scooby-doo show
2: there's so much more to this story i would recommend that documentary it's actually really good but that, that was a very abridged version for, yeah, there's a lot time to that consistency, but yeah, there is, I mean, and you can, if you just even go on Reddit, which, you know, that's just people
0: posting Enjoy whatever, that rabbit hole. but
2: yeah, that's the thing is there's <laughs> so many different theories and so much, you know, so much that goes along with that, but it's kind of cool. You can, um, you can see all the evidence and stuff on Google. I mean mm. like normal, but it's kind of cool. Um, the hammers and stuff like that i guess it's not cool it's because they were
0: used to it's neat
1: somebody. that you have access to be able to do your own right. little research though yeah. so, armchair detective
0: mm-hmm.
1: armchair as detective.
0: you sit in your armchair yep you can solve a crime
1: yeah hey you, you do the hunt a killer you should be able to figure this thing out
0: mm-hmm. i'm on it
1: all right I it's, like m- it.
0: it was martin i mean no yeah he yeah it was totally martin hmm i think it was numerous people
1: I have no opinion one way or another. I don't know. <laughs> well, good job, Well, I Pam. think
0: it was Martin, but I think, yeah, he did. I think he initially did it, but I think he had a lot of conspirators and helping him yeah. cover it up. Yeah, for sure.
2: Hmm. For sure. Because someone would have had to take Tina away. Uh huh. Right? Yep. And where was that person? Just not around. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. Unless they hit her body and then took it somewhere. But the police were everywhere. And interviewing everybody. Hmm. It's a sad story.
0: It I is. hope it gets solved. I'm excited. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the, I, I, like I said, there's a lot of people that are saying the reason why they haven't said who it is yet is because they're filing charges. To arrest them, and they don't want them to, you know, run or anything like
1: that. Yeah, but it well, takes maybe a day shouldn't. to file charges. So. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: there's a living person. That's true. Connected unless you had a group of people, and yeah. we're like, okay, it's one of us. Now, which one do they have the <laughs> They're meeting at on? the local watering hole. Like, who left evidence? Yeah, so many years. <laughs> the ago? problem
1: is, is just have picking up the evidence or picking up their DNA off of that thing does not necessarily implicate them in the crime that could have been there from before the attacks right i mean it's hard yeah. to say you know how their dna got there so you need a little more Wasn't evidence. It on
0: the tape yeah it was on, on the, the actual tape oh on that
1: the victims, oh. The victims. Yeah. oh sorry i thought it was like on the hammer or something like that. sorry <laughs> no sorry.
2: it was like it was i'm i'm pretty sure it was the tape that was covering sue's mouth yeah okay. be specific sorry
1: i got myself mixed up with the tape all right yeah then that makes a little more sense Maybe, yeah. maybe,
2: I mean, unless they're like, Hey, how, do you got some tape I can borrow? And you're sure, just like ripping neighbor. off strips of tape
1: yeah. for them. Yeah, they pulled it all off of <laughs> so yard sale signs. I don't need,
0: I don't, need, I don't, need, a cu- I
2: don't <laughs> need a cup of sugar. I need, yeah, six inches of tape. They were putting, and I up, need 20 strips they, of tape. They've
1: gone around the area and pulled down all of the yard sale signs and took the tape and used it to bind them. See, okay, so yeah. there you go. That
0: was a stretch, That's but I'm being I'll give thrifty. It to
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> all right eric
0: if you were an attorney i would laugh out loud at
1: you <laughs> you just did anyway and regardless of trying to get attorney. your
2: client off yeah that's if the glove
1: does not fit. you're like
2: i'm gonna start calling you Saul.
1: <laughs> oh, i prefer johnny cochran thank you very much Ooh. he was successful <laughs> so is saul that's uh, true he
0: ends up working at cinnabon
1: yeah that's a good point Oh, yeah. spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. If you've ever seen the first 30 seconds of yeah. Better Call Saul, you know where he ends up. <laughs> but that's
2: before Breaking Bad.
1: No, that's not. That's after. The show takes place before Breaking Bad, but it, it does flashes to current time. Oh. Where he's working at Cinnabon now. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, those are all. Cinnabon's the
2: Cinnabon's after Breaking that's Bad? That's
1: after Breaking Bad. Okay. Mm-hmm yeah that's his current life how do you know that because i'm tight with bob odenkirk okay? okay okay maybe i'm not but he wishes yeah i do I like love why some-
2: couldn't he be working at cinnabon and then contacted because by-
1: it, it was in a whole other state i mean
2: okay okay okay
1: come on come on <sighs> all, right. all right good job thanks mary okay so
0: time. i got a good one i think i like it ready awesome. let's hear it all right so, my myth is known as a borderland myth, and that's because it's popular along the England and Scotland borders. So, it's, it's an English-Scottish folklore. We'll Ooh. call it
1: United Kingdom or British folklore. No, no, How about that? No. No? Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to be talking about murderous goblins known as the Red Caps. Ooh. Now, the description of the Red Cap is that they are short- about three to four feet high and weigh up to 50 pounds. They're old, they have long teeth, talon-like nails and large fiery red eyes and unruly hair. And on top of that unruly hair is a red cap. And just to give you even more of a visual, they wear iron boots and carry a pike staff in their left hand.
1: Why am I picturing like a really pissed off gnome?
0: That's kind of what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: a really scary gnome. All right, all right, all right.
0: And also something to point out uh, that I learned in my research: Uh Uh, red cap goblins do have a higher intelligence compared to typical goblins. Oh, so they they, have like a little, a GIQ, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a little higher. So. (laughs)
1: all right okay
0: (laughs) you know when they commit a crime they're like the red cap he's got an iq of you know he's
1: gonna beat the system (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why all the red caps are all the lawyers of the of the
0: he can beat the polygraph yeah
1: the red cap rule world yeah there you go
0: now these goblins like to live in abandoned castles forts and towers but not just any abandoned castle fort or tower they like to live in the ruins that have had terrible deeds done in them Or that have, um, on the land that had battles on them. So somewhere where there was like a lot of bloodshed.
1: Which is pretty much everywhere in the United Kingdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of options. Yeah. (laughs) Now, if travelers come into their homes, i.e. the ruins where they're dwelling, it usually doesn't end well for them. The red caps will throw huge stones at them. And if... The traveler was able to get away um and you know not get hit by a stone mm-hmm. you would think they could be out you know outrunning these little red cap goblins. yeah they're 50 right? pounds
1: and like three or four, and they're
0: wearing tall. iron boots yeah. yeah but they have like super speed
1: maybe that's why they wear the iron boots is so they don't trip over they their should own feet just
2: throw them in a in water and they'll sink with those oh. iron
1: boots.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. If
1: they don't kill you first.
0: Yeah, I guess if you you can't even catch them. You got crank trank Yeah, so they're they're extremely fast. You guys. Yeah. You can't outrun them. Now, when they have their victim, they will tear them apart with their long talon nails, <laughs> and in some stories, it's said that they would eat them. But the one part of the tale that was always the same was the goblin would always dip their red cap into the blood of their victims. Hence the red cap.
1: Also, oh, like oh. once upon a time, it was white or something, and now it's been stained. Every time red. it
0: fades, they have to kill somebody. <laughs> right. else. Well, I'll get into that. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> the blood of um. So the blood of their victims is what gives them their magic strength and speed, and even some magical powers. But they don't just kill because the traveler wanders into that area. They have to kill in order to actually exist. They have to dip their hats into fresh blood. Every three days. Otherwise, they just disappear. Oh, that's frequent.
1: Wow. Yeah. So they need to murder to live. Yeah. Wow. that's Circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you think about it, that's true. I mean, that's what you know, the lions do. And yeah, I mean, they have to murder to live, I guess. See? Cheetahs, etc. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: So wondering how... You can maybe survive if you encounter a red hat. Uh-huh. Well, there is a way to live another day. If you can quote scripture, or you happen to have a cross on you, um, he will start to yell at you and then vanish into flames, leaving behind one large tooth. <coughs> yeah. And so now you're here, the guy's gone, you have a large tooth. I say you pick it up. You put it on a necklace, okay? Uh huh. And then, like, you just walk around town with that on because that's saying you've killed a red cap and you know some scripture. (laughs) That's, I mean, both of those things make you badass. Exactly. I'm thinking maybe tattoo a cross on you. I don't know.
1: I'm thinking high powered magnets would do the job, too iron <laughs> iron boots okay
0: so if you have a high powered magnet uh, uh, you know so from you happen, acme if you happen to be near yeah, water have to lay it
2: down like one of those tire
1: listen <laughs> if I, i've seen enough looney tunes to know that this plan will work okay all i need is a high powered magnet that's what i'm
2: saying but you have to lay it down ahead of time in their path
1: yeah mm-hmm. you lure them out out of their castle yeah
2: you're right. going to be dead already. You know what? I'm with you. I'm... No,
1: no, 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 no. Listen, I got a whole plan You know what? In you could head. just
2: wear a cross, it sounds
1: like. I know, but that's <laughs> not fun when you can go all wily e. Coyote on this shit.
0: Now, you can also pray if you come across a red cap. Uh-huh. You can pray, but that doesn't always work because it depends on how religious you are and how much belief you put in <laughs> the prayer. They know how
1: pious you really are, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So I can just spout
2: off some scripture that I memorized, but if I actually try to talk to God, it's not good enough.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm nope, gonna, I'm gonna,
0: because they're intelligent. Remember, See, my,
1: my biggest problem is the only scripture I know is Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen, oh. which is not real. So yeah, if they're
0: intelligent,
2: oh no, okay, no. Here's what I'm, I'm saying. Not start that.
0: So they're intelligent. They know it took a lot to memorize. Oh, right? got it. That's yeah. where I was going. Mm. <laughs> I like them.
1: Yeah, these are kind of neat little critters. Yeah. All right.
0: I do have one last fun fact about the Red Caps. Okay. They actually do make an appearance in Harry Potter. They are one of the obstacles that Professor Lupkin sets for the defense against the dark arts exam, which was in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you first
2: said red caps, I immediately thought of Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know you did. That's really cool. I like that story. Yeah,
0: that's it. Short, funny. Yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah. Iron boots and all. All right. And one giant tooth. I want to know how giant this tooth is.
0: I know. I I don't know. It just said giant. But they're like only four to five feet. And they have long teeth. So I wonder if it's just like one of their...
1: Giant compared. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I don't know. Either way, I'm putting it on a
1: necklace. Yeah? Yeah. I get like a shark necklace? they are going to make a puka necklace out of
0: yes. red cap <laughs> teeth? Exactly. <laughs> Some little woven hemp cord, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My red cap, like you just get back from vacation, yeah.
2: Got it, yeah. Like, just
0: got back from Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this (laughs) funny story (laughs) I had a large magnet, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) A Bible, don't forget a body of water.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause well, look, I mean, it's Scotland. You, There's lots of bodies of the water. If you catch them,
2: how are they going to die? You yeah. got to throw them in the water. Well,
1: I mean, they burst into flames if you do the, the, the scripture, scripture yeah. And, yeah. or a cross. See, I'm going to trank them and put them in a zoo because but I'm a terrible magic. creature. I
0: don't think you can trank them. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't know. they're goblins. They have like high tolerance. It's like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, Wait, just, are you a goblin? <laughs> I'm
0: just saying, like, one drink does nothing, like, one tranquilizer does nothing to them. Yeah. Like, you got to keep going, uh, keep going. You know uh-huh. what? I'm... And then next thing you know, they're talking about dinosaurs, and then you just want to <laughs> kick it with them. For how little
2: you actually get drunk, I'm surprised how much you can drink.
1: Oh, she can drink a lot. Yeah. That's why it's so little. She gets drunk. She drinks every day no just kidding no but But, i mean she's a regular drinker we'll say i don't know but yeah it's rare for her to get drunk i
2: haven't had a drink for in two days it'll be a month
1: damn Damn.
2: not even a sip not even not even a shower
0: beer
1: what good
0: i probably have a drink (laughs) once a week
1: yeah same here it's
0: usually our recording We've,
1: mm. we've got a case of beer in a fridge that yeah. it's just been sitting in there for a long time. And Usually
0: so, you just go through it when I come over.
1: Yeah. Because I'll yeah.
2: have like three or four. The, the Pam beer. Especially
0: there for our friends, yeah. yeah. When we went to, for my birthday, my birthday, the one day a year I get drunk. Yeah. I We had two drinks the whole three days. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not big drinkers.
1: No. No. I had a mediocre bloody mary which but is really the people right now and listening
0: who follow me on IG are like hmm.
1: <laughs> I thought those
0: bloody marys were the best
1: not the one that we got this time Oh was it different? Uh, yeah, we went to a different place. Hmm. Yeah, we didn't end up going over to uh to the Peach Street Distillery cuz it was way too busy and we'd have to sit outside and it was 100 degrees down there. Oh so. yikes. Yeah, like, no thanks. No, I don't care to become fried eggs, so. Yeah. No. All right. All right, Good. Eric. That's me.
2: I think you have a mystery.
1: I think I do. (laughs) All right. So, most savvy airline passengers know that if you want to save some money on your flight, you go through Las Vegas, Nevada. Why? Well, it's crazy cheap to fly in or out of Vegas. You can generally find tickets to Vegas for under $100 each way any time of the year. Plus, you can gamble in the airport at their various slot machines conveniently placed throughout the terminals. It's pretty awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though Vegas is only about a six hour drive from Salt Lake City, we probably fly half the time that we go down there because of the affordable airfare and the one hour flight time. The airport is officially called McCarran International Airport and is named after the late U.S. Senator Pat McCarran. Now, Because Las Vegas is such a tourist destination, McCarran is one of the busiest airports in the country. It's literally right off of the famous Las Vegas Strip, so you can get your debauchery going not long after the plane lands. It also serves over 30 different airlines, so regardless of where you live, you should be able to find a direct flight to Vegas. There is, however, one airline that calls McCarran its home that you will probably never be able to fly on. Founded in 1972, Janet Airlines has been utilizing their own special concourse at McCarran ever since, but it has never had a paying customer, despite having more than 15 flights out of the airport every day. With their all-white planes with a single red stripe that goes down the length of the fuselage, the planes are a staple of the Las Vegas landscape. At this point, you're probably wondering how this airline is staying in business if nobody's buying tickets. Right. Well, there's actually a very good answer to that. It's not a real airline. At least not officially, anyway. Dun-dun-dun. You see, Janet was established to service one particular client. The United States Air Force. Now, usually, Air Force personnel needing to travel somewhere just slum it with the rest of us chumps on a regular airline. The problem is, regular airlines don't fly to the same destinations as Janet. While their flights are all logged as going to Tonopah Test Range in Nevada, that is not really their only destination. In fact, their primary destination is a little remote area of Nevada known as Groom Lake, which is kind of a big deal. If you've never heard of Groom Lake, that's totally understandable. It's actually a dry lake bed at about 4,500 feet elevation and a highly restricted area. Outside of military aircraft, Janet Airlines has the only planes that are allowed to fly into that area. So why is Groom Lake so restricted? Probably because of the other names associated with the lake. Homey Airport, Dreamland, Paradise Ranch, or its most famous name, Area 51. Oh. That's right. Janet Airlines is actually a glorified employee shuttle for the most famous top secret military base in the world. Ooh. So Area 51 was founded by the Air Force in 1955 as a location to test the then super top secret U-2 Spice. That uh, Spice. <laughs> <laughs> How about it's not a Spice plane. It's a spy plane. I'm
0: like, what kind of Spices is on The U-2 these? Spice plane. I like it.
1: You know, it was back when U-2 merged with Spice Girls. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which the band is named after this plane, by the way. The U-2 Spy plane.
0: And I was saying gross to U-2. Oh. Spice Girls. Oh,
1: really? Really. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. Mm, Wow. (laughs) You know you're in the minority. Most people love you, too. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, These types of tests usually occurred at Edwards Air Force Base in California previous to this. But Edwards was not remote enough for the sensitivity surrounding the U-2 program. The dry lake bed of Groom Lake and its isolation from any nearby towns made for a perfect solution to this problem. Over the years, Area 51 has been the place to test new flight technologies like the A-12 Oxcart and its successor, the SR-71 Blackbird. It's also where the military likes to test any other strange flight programs. Some of these tests have resulted in rumors that the military's actually reverse-engineering crashed extraterrestrial spacecraft to master their technology for their own use. Conspiracy theorists as well as enthusiasts of the strange tend to flock to Area 51. Of course, they can't actually get anywhere near the base thanks to the extra heavy security precautions that have been implemented in the area. Everything from large fences and patrol trucks to underground pressure-sensitive surveillance equipment have been installed literally all around the base. Not everyone that works at Area 51 is in the Air Force. There are large amounts of civilian engineers, scientists, and mathematicians that all work at the facility. Of course, they all need to have the proper security clearances, which is extremely difficult to get since most military personnel are not even allowed to visit the base. Because they are civilians, they're not, uh, they're not expected to live on the base permanently. That's where Janet comes into play. Janet is actually operated by a private defense contractor called ACOM on behalf of the Air Force. If you're wondering if you can get a job working on these planes, you sure can. They actually just recently had a posting for a flight attendant position servicing these flights. However, the candidates needed to already have the required security clearances, so good luck with that. (laughs) It's kind of odd that they have flight attendants at all, since Area 51 is only about 85 miles from Las Vegas. Then again, they do fly to other Air Force bases, such as Utah's own Hill Air Force Base, Which is about 40 miles north of us. I
0: was like, yeah, that's not that much further. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that's long enough to have a flight attendant. The name of Janet is somewhat of a mystery in itself. Some say it's an acronym for just another non-existent terminal. Others say (laughs) that it means Joint Air Network for Employee Transportation. This has actually been a hotly debated topic for some years now, with both sides of the argument being passionate about their stance. However, it turns out that they're both wrong. Janet was an actual person. She was the wife of the senior CIA agent that was in charge of Area 51 in the early 70s. He just used her name on a whim, and it kind of stuck.
0: Sounds Aww. like a merry thing to do, right?
1: <laughs> We're gonna call this Merry Airlines.
0: <laughs> merry Air, I like Mary it. Merry
1: Air, oh, yeah, it sounds like Dairy no, Air. No,
0: I just meant like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> never mind. That oh, funny. I'm gonna
2: ha- start an airline called Dairy Air, Dairy
1: Air, but yeah. like Dairy, and yeah. then it'll be like, like Dairy, like <gasps> planes.
2: <gasps> That's how we'll do cow meetups, <laughs> Dairy Air. <laughs> <laughs> like utters, <laughs> the landing gear will be pink oh my
0: gosh oh man okay i'm sorry eric well that'll be on the next paycheck eric we'll buy a jet
1: dairy air all right oh my god i love it just
0: fly around and meet all our listeners
1: <laughs> oh my god wow jesus all right Now, because of the nature of Area 51, UFO enthusiasts and conspiracy theorists alike are often enamored with the idea of the comings and goings of the Janet Plains. People have been known to sit in nearby hotels on the Strip, like Mandalay Bay, and literally monitor every Janet plane that comes and goes from McCarran. Oh my god! Not only that, but they will monitor the air traffic radio lines to determine where they're flying to. Again, with painstaking details usually beginning around 3 o'clock in the morning until well into the evening.
0: Why? Just conspiracy (laughs) theories.
1: Yeah. Until recently, the Janet terminal at McCarran was a secret albeit a very poorly kept one. Though that all changed when everyone's favorite search engine company picked it up on Google Maps Street View and (laughs) labeled it as the Gold Coast Terminal. The conspiracy theorists had a heyday with that one. So as far as who or what they're transporting to and from their secret destinations, that is still top secret, and the military plans on keeping it that way. And in regards to what is really going on out at Groom Lake... Well, that'll just have to be a subject for another episode.
0: <gasps> dun, dun, dun.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It was kind of a shorter mystery, but I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, mystery airline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janet. They're out there. They don't say Janet on the planes. They're just a plain white 737, Boeing 737, uh, and it has a white stripe going from the nose all the way to the tail. Uh, Just this red stripe going all the way down there, whatever. And they have seven jumbo jets, the 737s, and five smaller planes, like little prop planes and whatnot, that are all in this little special terminal right there.
2: That's so weird. I would have thought that they would be smaller planes.
1: These are no, they're filling up 737s and flying out to different destinations. Now it's not just to Groom Lake. They are going to Tonopah as well, because uh, that is a big military installation out there, a big Air Force installation and as I mentioned a hill and other areas around the west yeah. uh that they're that they're hitting up, you know, McCarran being their main hub for all of this activity. But yeah, Area 51, you know, Groom Lake, whatever you want to call it is basically their primary destination and that is you know there's a lot that goes on out at area 51 as far as what's going on i don't know but they at any given time they have more than a thousand people on that base out there so wow yeah that's a lot of people yeah Mm -hmm.
0: what if it was just the government's like main like team building center
1: (laughs) 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 It's just a giant convention space out of group group lake.
0: You know like how teams take booze cruises or yeah. go up and do the rope courses for building <laughs> trust mm-hmm. falls and yeah. all that shit. What yeah. yeah. if it's to go mm. to like take a tour of Area 51? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah,
1: There you go. Find They've all got, their aliens on display. They give
0: out like Disney pins this you know, is, like the collectible. This yeah.
1: is where Bill Pullman saved the world. <laughs>
0: yes. President oh, I love Bill that movie. Pullman.
1: This oh is- my
0: god what if they have like those machines there where you put a penny in oh, and it flattens it? Yeah. yeah or the wax things and it's like an alien or a ufo Ooh. you're welcome government <laughs> i know snow you're globes? listening can we get some snow globes uh duh yeah they have <laughs> them like an
2: alien and then instead of just clear it would be like the cloudy
0: kind of you know oh, like it was in formaldehyde yeah. yes. and some like silver sparkle yes
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and maybe you could get like some like sort of a green shimmer to where it kind of does a tornado effect Ooh. yeah yeah
1: yeah there you go and you can like maybe it. get your picture taken with jeff goldblum that would be awesome yes. Yes. maybe yeah and thank him for saving the world with windows 95 yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. see there you go so that's my story it was really good thanks janet air damn
0: it janet i love
1: learning about
2: these things that i've never even heard of
1: i know right i just came across it on accident i don't even remember what the hell i was looking into the other day I was researching something and I saw like a sub article that's like, Hey, Janet got discovered by uh yes you know, top secret military base discovered on Google Maps and yeah, I went down so that rabbit funny. hole and I'm like, it. Oh wow, all right. There's
0: so many good like Google map pictures. Mm-hmm. Like the one that has like a blood stream oh, going down the dock. Going down to the dock, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like in From Norway or something lot. like that, isn't it? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they've caught all kinds of weird crimes. Then there's the people who try the to get stuff. The hitchhiker
0: or the prison
1: Oh, the prisoner! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the escaped prisoner. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The The Flaming Lips knew that they were traveling. That Google Maps was going around Tulsa, and so uh, the lead singer Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips went out in his yard, and he had this whole art installation set up in his front yard specifically for this. So he was sitting in a bathtub taking a bath <laughs> when the Google <laughs> car came by his nice. house. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I
0: wish I would have known when ours was coming around. It's got our. It's got our garbage can. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> in the middle of the Golden south. Sassy. It was garbage
2: day.
1: <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Come
2: and on. you're right about flying to Vegas, man. When I went earlier, well, I guess a month ago, mm-hmm. I flew there and back for the first time. Yeah. i always driven, and I'm like, oh my God. It was $45 yeah. on Frontier. Yeah. And it's like 45 minutes. Unfortunately,
1: Frontier charges you for breathing on their airplane That's as true, well. But, but
2: I was able to just stuff a backpack under the seat. And that was free. But if you use the overhead, that cost. That's where they
1: get you. Carry on. But we
2: got a bunch of free drinks.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: I'm an overpacker. So. <laughs> yeah. It helped work. that everyone I was going with was driving. So I, I'm going to be honest. I gave them one of my bags.
1: uh uh-huh. well, You cheated well, the system. Well, yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, you can find flights on like Southwest for like $59 each way. Yeah. Yeah. Down to yeah. Vegas and back. And a we'd... bunch
0: of us went a few years ago when it was $25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can find good deals. And like I said, I mean, you can find good deals from fucking New York to Vegas for next to nothing. It's just so cheap. Well, and the airport is
2: so close to everything. It's like a ten dollar uber ride i really wish that they would
1: get the monorail going to the airport i know that's the like why stop it i think originally they had planned it because it ends up over there like it turns when it's going around mgm like it's gonna head up to the airport yeah but it obviously stopped there i i at the same time i think the city was kind of hurting financially when they were putting in the monorail and it was a big thing just getting the monorail in in the first place yeah so i mean maybe a part of a future expansion who knows i would love it if they did that but then the cabbies would hate that crap though so yeah i don't know but yeah i love flying into vegas it's always so easy to travel that way i mean all in all you don't save a ton of time because of the whole going to the airport waiting for your plane getting off the plane getting your stuff, whatever else yeah but you do save a few hours uh, of time but
0: not sitting You're not in the damn car and you can drink
1: yeah yeah and watch tv yeah yeah absolutely
2: and really i got to the airport an hour before my flight because i just had the carry-on so yeah it wasn't too bad
1: yeah we we went uh down there god one of the times we went down there they had some pretty long ass lines there i remember when we were leaving vegas yeah it was some long ass lines. oh yeah when
2: i was leaving it was long i figured it would i had to get be at the airport at like five o'clock on sunday morning yeah and i was like oh it'll be empty it's 5 a.m nope it was so (laughs) packed 5 a.m on a sunday
1: at least, yeah. You know, the even taking the cabs, they don't overcharge you to take the cab to the airport like most cities do where they have, like, a huge, like, oh, airport surcharge. Yeah. Like, it's still cheap to take the cab to and from the airport there yeah. in Vegas. So. Hey, guys. Yeah.
0: Should we say bye? Nah, I want to talk
1: about <laughs> Vegas some more.
0: Everyone <laughs> wants to hear us talk about
1: Vegas. Right? Oh, I'm sure.
0: And our stupid travel. That'll be a bonus episode. I'm sure. <laughs> that never All airs.
1: Right. Fine. We'll wrap it up. It's
0: going to be stored at
1: Roswell, so. <laughs> (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, everybody.
0: Yes. Thank you. Say bye. Bye. Bye.